Did you know that the true gospel message taught by Jesus Christ himself was buried and suppressed for almost 1900 years? Discover the inspiring truth about your incredible potential and why this truth was maliciously hidden and replaced with a false gospel during the lost century. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Jesus Christ founded the Church of God, and you can find uh, the uh, history uh, of God's church in secular history. It's not that hard to do, but there was a 100-year period where that secular history about God's church was just totally blotted out. Now, how did that happen? That happened about 70 A.D. to 170 A.D. Why and how did that happen? Well, a hundred years after 70 A.D., there was a, uh, a Christianity that came on the scene that was almost totally opposite of what Jesus Christ taught. In fact, it was totally opposite. And a man by the name of Simon Magus had appropriated the name of Christ and calling the Babylonian mystery religion Christianity. And they just had the name of Christ, but they did not have the message of Christ. And that was a, certainly a, a very dangerous deceit. If the church history in that period just disappeared, it was gone. And Simon Magus and his followers were responsible for that. And it really spread and spread and spread a lot more throughout the rest of history. Herbert Armstrong wrote in The Incredible Human Potential, Thereupon this Simon appropriated the name of Christ, calling his Babylonian mystery religion Christianity. And he all but destroyed the true church of God. And you can find all of this explained in my book on the true history of God's true church. So this all started in 70 A.D. Then came the lost century after about 170 A.D. And notice this short quote from Herbert Armstrong. It had taken the name of Christ and applied it to the Babylonian mystery religion. It had replaced the message Jesus brought from God with a gospel about the person of Christ, proclaiming the messenger, but suppressing the entire missing dimension from his message. And for at least eighteen and one half centuries, the true gospel was not proclaimed to the world. And it was again proclaimed to the world by Herbert W. Armstrong. It all went around the world, but it hadn't been proclaimed for eighteen and a half centuries from that uh, period of 100 years. That's some uh, disturbing history about the Church of God, but God's Church for that short span of time, a hundred years, was just blotted out in secular history. You couldn't even find it. Then another short quote, in June 24, 1983, here's what Mr. Armstrong said from Sardis to Laodicea. He read of a statement from a German theological school that spoke about an obscure century in church history. Of course, they didn't have the, uh, the truth of God, 
They didn't have, they didn't know about the truth being in John's epistles, but God had made certain that that history was reported in the epistles of John. God made certain of that. And again, there was this battle over, well, whether or not we, should it be the message of Christ or should it be just about Christ? And they, of course, chose the message about Christ. And that blots out a lot more of God's great truth. When I heard Mr. Armstrong talk about this 100-year period, it, I tell you, it just electrified me and I think the entire church because we'd never heard anything quite like it. Why would that happen and how did it happen? And why would they be so determined to blot out the truth of God's church? Well, they had a message they wanted to use to replace that, but God ensured it was recorded where we could find it in biblical history. And that is critical that God always makes certain that we understand what we really need to know. But I thought that was one of the most important statements that Mr. Armstrong ever made about the true church of God and how sobering it was to think about how Satan has this tremendous power to do something like this to God's church. God allows it for a reason. But I'll, I'll just start at the very heart of the epistles of John to show you what they most wanted to blot out and why it was so critical that they stop that message. It was the message of the greatest hope there is in the Bible, and it's aimed at you, your potential in God's church. So let's take a look at that, what they wanted to blot out most of all in that lost century. And here is what Satan does not want you to understand. 1 John 3 and verse 1 states, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We are the sons of God. There is a Father, spiritual Father, and there are sons of God. Let me read the rest of that verse. 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew not Him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is." Well, think about that. When Jesus Christ appears in His glory, we're going to be like Him when we're resurrected into His kingdom and raised up into His, His family. We're going to look like God. Can you believe that? You can look at also at Philippians 3 and verse 21, Psalm 17 and verse 15, and it says the very same thing. It's a mind-splitting truth that God tells us about our future. This is our potential. And Satan wanted to blot that out and did in that, that 100 year period, blotted it out of secular history, but God would never let him blot it out of his word in the epistles of John. 
But this is for you. See, this is something that God wants you to understand. We're going to be the bride of Christ if we come out and, and obey God today and help Him get that message done. And, and we're going to share the throne of Jesus Christ, and His bride is going to look like the husband. We're going to look like Jesus Christ and have the very power of God in our lives. We're going to be serving Jesus Christ and God the Father, and, and yet uh, they're going to give us the, all, the most awesome reward you've ever heard of in your life, and it's for all eternity. This is something where Satan wants most of all to blot this out, because this is your potential. This is why man, this is why man is on this earth. And so few people know that. But verse 3 tells you something that is critically important. Verse 3 says, And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. What is this saying? Well, if you lose this hope, this great potential, this hope, you're never going to purify yourself. You have to see and understand this hope, because God does give us trials and tests. And He, he says in Matthew 5, verse 48, we should become like our Father, perfect, and have a perfect attitude. And that takes going through some trials, and it's not always easy. God does try and test His people. He is a Father. Any father corrects his child. So this vision of hope is what makes it possible for us to purify ourselves and be holy like God is holy. What a potential! Can you believe that? Most men can't. Most people cannot. But we have to become pure as God is pure. We have to know why we're here, what man is all about, what is his purpose. This is why we, we're here, and it goes beyond human understanding. Notice 1 John 2 and verse 19. We'll go back a little. Here's what it says, They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Here was God's own people that left God's own church. And that certainly a lot of that happened in that 100 year period, but it continued on after that and spread all over uh, the, uh, the world as far as God's people are concerned. So here's something that Mr. Armstrong also talked about. You have to be careful of false ministers rising up inside God's church and outside God's church. There will be false prophets, false apostles. This is all explained in my booklet, The Last Hour, which is about the epistles of John. It explains all of this to you. People were blotting out the history of God's church, and John was working feverishly to preserve that history, mostly in his epistles. He opens up all of this to our understanding, what was going on in that 
lost century and what ensued after that lost history. He was explaining that to us and continues to do that throughout those epistles. And then if you look at where it says a little further down in the booklet, Christ talked to him about when they had those long sessions during His earthly ministry. That is, uh, He was talking to John and spending special time with John and trying to get him prepared for the future of his life. He was going to die a natural death, but all the other apostles were martyred and killed because of this message about your potential. All of them. Now, that's a rather shocking truth when you think about it, but Christ kept preparing John in a special way for what he wanted him to do. And, and all of that is just a type, really, from even 70 AD, is a type of what is going to happen in this end time if we don't heed God's warning that we will have the similar problems and even worse problems. And we can prevent that if we'll just do so and heed God's message. Why would God do that? Why would God take away those apostles and let them be killed when they were needed so badly by the people? Why would God allow that to happen? God was actually showing the people, say, look, you have a problem here. You need me. You don't need a man. You don't need even my apostles. You need me. You need to focus on me. And that is a lesson that we all have to learn. Cursed be the men that trust in men. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 tells you that. Uh, but let me uh, show you something else here that is um, just a monumental truth that John points out, and only John tells you this great truth. He does it in the epistles and uh, the, uh, also his gospel and Revelation, the book of Revelation. But notice what he tells us, and uh, he's the only one in the New Testament that even covered this, and you know God had to be telling him this when they had these personal sessions together, talking to each other, being close to each other, because Christ was preparing John for this work before he was himself crucified and return to the Father. Notice verse 1 of 1 John 1. It says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. The Word, the Logos. Well, who is that? Well, there was God and there was the Word, the spokesman for the God Head, the Godhead that became the family of God, when that Word became Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Notice verse 2. He talks more about this. He's astounded by what's happening here. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 
Now, he's telling them about the Word, this, this God that came down to this earth as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and, and, and this is giving you the history of Christ, His eternal life with the Father, what became the Father, the being that became the Father. And there was a time when there was only God and the, the Word, or the Spokesman. And then God and the Spokesman, or the Word, became the Father and the Son. That's discussed in John chapter 1, in the Gospel of John. But look at what God is telling us about this, this monumental event. He said, look, this, this, this was God in the flesh. And he was there with us, and we touched. We could touch him. We could talk to him. We could spend time with him, and he taught us. This was God in the flesh doing that. The Word became the Son of God, and the Father, or God, became the Father. That is truly something that this world does not understand. There's only God the Father and. God the Son. That's, that's it, as far as eternal gods are concerned right now. That is it. And we need to understand that. John, again, was the only New Testament writer to designate Christ as the Logos, and he explained Him in detail, and he tried to get the people to understand who, who was over them and working with them. And they were just astounded that they could be right there in the presence of God in the flesh. Now, that ought to really impact the lives of all Christians. But does it? I'm afraid it does not. Just think about this, that God and the Word had, were eternal, and they lived in peace and love and harmony for all eternity, and through this period and on to the rest of eternity. Now, that is not like that, it's not like that on this earth. God is working now to bring that harmony and that peace and that joy to all mankind, all people who have ever lived. That is the most beautiful and wonderful message you and I could ever hear. We just simply couldn't hear anything more wonderful. Let's look at 1 John 2 and verse 18, see the kind of trouble they were running into and that they had to experience. Verse 18, little children, it is the last time, or this is the end time. He thought he was in the very end time that we're in right now. It was only a type of our end time today. And notice what he says, And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, an Antichrist, where would you find it? Well, you find it inside the Church of God. There are many Antichrists, but there's one inside the very Church of God, whereby we know that it is the last time. He repeats that. This is the end of the age, and we're going to have to face Antichrist, people who are fighting Christ and think they're Christians. That's what your Bible prophesies. And we have to get this straight, all of us. I do, everybody. You can't trust a man. 
We can't trust ourselves. We can only trust God. That's what we must do. And there are many deceivers and many antichrists, God says, outside the church, but, but the main ones that God is concerned about are inside the church, inside God's own church. There's one antichrist leading God's church and actually took it over in this end time as it did anciently. A man that is fighting against Christ took over God's own church. Ninety-five percent of the people in this end time, it's right there in your Bible, and all of it will be explained to you in the material that we'll send you at the end of this program if you want more on this, and I certainly hope you will. See, we have the Father and the Son. This is all about God family. The Father and the Son, and the Logos that became the Son of God. And was marred more than any man on this earth as he was savagely beaten and having his flesh torn off of his body. And then he was crucified to pay for our spiritual sins after the beating had paid for our physical sins. That's what Passover is all about. Notice verse 9, here's the man that was. Uh, the main man in God's church in that day, and he's just a type of one that was in this church and helped, well, took over God's church in this end time, the last time. That's what those words mean that I just read to you. Verse 9, I wrote unto you the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, receives us not. He wouldn't even receive the people of God. And he's inside the church, and he was taking over the church. And John was in prison on the Isle of Patmos, and he couldn't go to the people when he was, well, at least for a large part of this time. And maybe uh, even the epistles were written there as well, but we know for sure that the book of Revelation was written there. Verse 10, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he does prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither does he himself receive the brethren, and forbids them that would, and cast them out of the church. That happened in the last century. He just cast them out of the church, took over the church, as has happened in this end time to God's own church. Can you believe that? Let me quote something to you here that you may be surprised to hear. Here is the quote. Well, it all started with this man, but it really did spread after that. And here's a quote. There is hardly an epistle that does not mention the religion of Simon Magus. Even the scholars who have studied church history have clearly seen that almost all of the references in the New Testament epistles exposing the errors in the first age of the church are directed exclusively to Simon Magus and his immediate followers." Now that is a church historian that's telling us that. And he went on to tell us that Simon unquestionably adulterated Christianity with pagan ideas and practices and gave himself out for an emanation of God, or he was showing himself that he was God, a man, was doing that anciently, and a man 
has done it in this end time. That just shows how little we know about God's truth, and we must learn it and make sure that nothing like that ever happens again. Uh, certainly, uh, Christ is going to come and put a stop to all that. Well, you can go on and, and read a few more verses in these epistles. I don't need to give them to you, but I'd just like to remind you again that we are here to become the sons of God, and we're going to be like Him when He appears on this earth in His glory. That is our future. God is going to give us that wonderful future if we'll come out now and proclaim His message to this world. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Did you know that the true gospel message taught by Jesus Christ Himself was buried and suppressed for almost 1900 years? Discover the inspiring truth about your incredible potential and why this truth was maliciously hidden and replaced with a false gospel during the lost century. God's true church suffered a devastating attack from within during the lost century. It disappeared completely from the world scene, re-emerging after the lost century to teach a totally different message. But this new look church wasn't God's church at all. It stole the name of the true church and appropriated the term Christianity, deceiving everyone about its actual identity as a fraud. Where did God's church go during the lost century? Secular sources record no history of God's church during this time, but the Holy Bible does. Request Gerald Fleury's free book, The Last Hour, to uncover what really happened to God's church just decades after Jesus Christ established it. Expose why the devil was so desperate to subvert the church from within. Understand the inspiring message that the Apostle John continued to deliver while imprisoned during the lost century. As traitors trampled God's one true church, John worked overtime to remind the brethren of their awesome potential to enter the God family. God is a family. That is the true gospel message. That is the message under deadly attack in John's day and through the ages. Also request Gerald Fleury's free book, The True History of God's True Church. This epic history has not been fully told until now. The story of God's true church and the great false church is more gripping than any fiction. These two churches have struggled mightily against each other for 2,000 years, right up to this day. Despite intense persecution from the counterfeit church, God's one true church lives on. As Christ promised, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Study the true history of God's true church to learn the strength and weaknesses of all seven church eras. This history is overflowing with valuable lessons for true Christians today and a major warning for the entire world. You'll also receive a free copy of Gerald Fleury's booklet, Unveiled at Last, the Royal Book of Revelation. Discover the royal purpose of God's one true church to rule the earth and universe for all eternity as king priests of the God family. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Last Hour, The True History of God's True Church, and Unveiled at Last, The Royal Book of Revelation. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.
All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Last Hour, The True History of God's True Church, and Unveiled at Last, The Royal Book of Revelation. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.